the we're going family style deal. Because I want a bite of your Big Mac. And I need some of your quarter pound. I'll try your filet of fish. There's a deal for every friend group at McDonald's. Order any two classics for just six bucks. Price of participation may vary. Single item at regular price cannot be combined with any other offer. All hit radio. Zone, a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. Now, here's your host, Rob McConnell. And welcome back to the Exxon, everyone. Another week has started here in our broadcast center and studios in Crystal Beach, Ontario, Canada. As the Exxon comes around the world to you Monday through Friday from 10 p.m. Eastern until 2 a.m. Eastern. And, of course, we're heard around the world on the Exxon Broadcast Network, Talkstar Radio Network, Mutual Broadcast Network, iHeartRadio, and multiple platforms wherever you may be. If you'd like to uh, send me an email, exxon at exxonradiotv.com on all social media sites, TV. For the broadcast schedule of the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit www.xzbn.net. And for the X-Zone TV channel on Simultv, www.simultv.com. Now, for all of you who love old-time radio classics, you know, I'm talking about Dimension X, Dick Tracy, Flash Gordon, Lux Radio Theater. We're happy to announce that uh, as of this morning at 7 o'clock a.m. Eastern, we launched our newest uh, channel. It's called Old Time Classic Radio. Uh, And uh, we're going to be broadcasting that 724-365. And to listen to all these great shows with our compliments, all you need to do is go to www.otr. Wait a sec, otrc.ca. A lot of things happening here in the X-Zone. So just keep advised that uh, we're going to be letting you know as we go on and as we grow and as we turn on new TV channels, new radio channels, what's going on and how you, the members of the X-Zone Nation, can participate. My guest this hour, XO Nation, is a gentleman we've had the pleasure of having on the show before. His name is Dean Tong, and he is an internationally noted author, certified forensic consultant, certified child forensic interviewer, and expert witness, concentrating in the areas high, uh, of high conflict divorce, child custody, abuse accusations, uh, let me see, sexual or child physical abuse, domestic violence, and everything else. Um, Dean has asked us to do something very special tonight, and, and I, 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 when Dean told me what it was, I said, certainly, no problem. I think it's a great idea. And uh, first of all, Dean, welcome back to the show. Always great having you with us. And uh, 
Tell us about the person that you want to dedicate the show to being Don Mast. Rob, thanks for having yeah, Rob, thanks for having me back here. Uh, uh, third time, I believe. Yeah. Yeah, so my client's name was John Mast from Williston, North Dakota. And John, uh, 10 days ago tonight in Lewiston, Idaho, was to meet his two children for an unsupervised visit for the first time in three years. Mm -hmm. He hired me in his high-conflict divorce and custody battle back in late 2019. But instead of meeting those kids, uh, Rob, he met... Uh, the front end of a 9-millimeter Glock. And he was shot three times by his ex-father-in-law in cold blood. Oh, my God. And murdered, right. And so the kids um, obviously lost their father, lost their maternal grandfather, as he uh, is clearly going to be doing life in prison, if not the death penalty, mm -hmm. which I believe the state of Idaho does hold. And uh, just just a whirlwind of emotions and surreal to the max and totally preventable uh, is the real kicker in this case. First of all, I'd like to apologize because I said Don Mast and it's John Mast. And um, is, is this common practice, is this becoming more and more frequent that when a parent goes to pick up their children, they're faced with uh, either a violent act from the other partner or from members of the family? Well, sadly, yes, uh, Rob, this is not my first homicide. The last one was the, uh, the perpetrator 15 years ago in Reno, Nevada. Darren Mack um, killed his wife and shot his judge. Wife died, judge lived. This is the first time my client was the victim. But, yes, it is common, uh, too, too common. And, you know, I, I encourage all my clients, uh, even if they're not clients, mm -hmm. uh, to wear body cams. Um, and now, with what's happened to John Mass, maybe you should consider purchasing a, a bulletproof vest off of Amazon. Would it also be advisable for, for people to, to meet in public places or even at, a, a, even at a police station where the exchange can take place in order to protect themselves as well yeah. as their loved ones? I don't like, I don't like personally the police station uh, location, uh, Rob. I think it's... Um, I think it makes kids anxious okay. and a little bit antsy, uh, seeing guns and uniforms with cops walking in and out. Um, I, I do like the public place, and in fact, when you read the media story, when you Google the name of John Mast, M-A-S-T, you'll see he was in a public place, a very lighted public place really? at Rossor's grocery store in Lewiston, Idaho. In fact, the entire incident was caught on video. Was there any any hint that something like this could happen between the uh, you know Mr. Mast and his father-in-law? Well, there was Rob, and you know uh, when I get on these cases, uh, you know they, look they, for, allegations of child sexual assault are a very unpopular issue. Right. Um, you know it, it's a taboo, right? I mean, reprehensible, heinous crime when it happens, but when it doesn't happen. Uh, and when you you know you you start off your show when reality uh, is really fiction, uh, a lot of these cases are fictitious. And I'm not saying that mother or maternal grandfather contrived this allegation against John that it was premeditated, concocted, uh, but it was clearly erroneous because the court made a finding of fact conclusion of law just in December that all the allegations against John Mass, which included the following: domestic violence against mother, raping the mother in the marriage 
physical and child sexual abuse against both children, uh, a son and a daughter. And mind you, we really have no empirical uh, data that a man or father would molest both genders. It's one or the other. Mm-hmm. So that's how uh, you know inane those allegations are. Uh, first, they were made against the daughter, then the son. John was never arrested. Uh, but he was prevented from seeing his kids, uh, you know, unsupervised, unchaperoned, unmonitored for about three years. And this was to be his first visit 10 days ago tonight on February 5th. And it just never happened because he was shot uh, and left in cold blood. And, and, and clearly the mother had psychopathology here. I made this very clear to the attorneys. And the attorneys filed what's called a motion for independent medical or psychiatric examination of the mother, which the court denied. And, you know, and, and look, uh, Rob, I'm from Boston. <laughs> and in Boston, we just have a different DNA. Uh, we're very aggressive. Mm-hmm. We like to get things done. Yeah. Uh, we, we, you know, and, and, and we're, we're hard to deal with, but we're usually competent people. And... Um, you know, uh, I was working with a couple of lawyers that, unfortunately, uh, you know, they had that uh, laid-back lifestyle, if you will, where, uh, you know, uh, well, if the court takes its time on issuing an order, so what? Well, that just doesn't sit well with me, because while that's happening, the kids are alienated against the father, their brains are being manipulated and brainwashed and programmed. And, and the kids are, are taking on this false belief system that the mother and the maternal grandparents already have. So, you know, in psychology and medicine, this is called shared delusional disorder, uh, where a parent uh, is, is projecting her psychopathology onto the grandparents and then onto the children. That was. Um, problem. So, yeah, go anyway, ahead. redacted. Um, but to make a long story short, the judge denied our motion for IME, the mother... The maternal grandparents were never psychologically evaluated. Mm-hmm. Uh, the court never had its own expert to do an assessment of the child sex abuse allegations or custody, if you will. That never happened. So uh, this maternal grandfather was a ticking time bomb, uh, a, a combination of Semtex and C4, just waiting to blow, and he did. And, you know, in, in, in the brain, in the body, uh, Rob, when somebody commits murder, you decompensate and suffer a psychotic break from reality. Right. That's clearly what happened with this gentleman uh, 10 days ago tonight. Why? I'm not going to mention his name. All you have to do is Google John Mast, and you'll, right. you'll clearly get a plethora of media stories on the case. But if both attorneys agree on something, why would the court deny it? Well, you have to lay proper legal foundation, um, Rob. That foundation could have been laid properly with my affidavit. That never happened. I never gave an affidavit in this case, but clearly I should have, and my affidavit should have been attached as Exhibit A to the pleading, to the motion for for independent medical Mm -hmm. or psychiatric examination of the mother. So when the court denied that motion, the court basically kept John Mast under the legal microscope. He was the bad guy. He was the one committing alleged abuse. And the court was clearly going to err on the side of caution, not the side of John Mast, but the side of uh, the kids and who the kids lived with, which is the maternal grandparents in some type of David Koresh, if you will, fortress in Lewiston, Idaho. Oh, my God. In, in, your, in, a, in, your, expert, in your expert opinion, would, um, is this common practice? 
Are our children well, and well, no, parents I'm, always I mean, at you risk? You read every day that, that, you know, that your client is, is killed in cold blood. And, and, and here, in this case, uh, Rob, when you read the media mm-hmm. story, um, which I think I sent to you this morning, uh, the, the alleged assailant, the maternal grandfather, admitted to the police that he pre-planned this murder. He premeditated this murder. And, and by gosh, he probably had this, this planned a year or two years in advance that John Mass was never oh, going to get his hands on these kids unsupervised, unchaperoned, unmonitored ever again. Wow. Uh, let me ask you, how are, the, how are the children in this case now? Well, <laughs> look. And uh, where are they? Rob, the, yeah. Oh, I, I wouldn't know because, I mean, uh, the supervised visitation notes that I have that preceded this murder mm-hmm. um, had the daughter and the son wishing the father dead. The daughter would say to the father, beware of the swear, meaning you're conning us, you're mm-hmm. conning my, our mother, you're conning uh, our maternal grandparents and the court system that you did not touch us inappropriately. That's what, that's what they're telling their own father. Beware of the swear that he was a con man. Well, I had him psychosexually tested by my expert in Kentucky. Mm-hmm. John, John Mass wouldn't hurt a fly, let alone uh, a human or especially a child. Uh, there was no propensity, no predilection, and no, no, uh, and, and no penchant to perpetrate any type of abuse. He, he obtained a clean bill of health. His cognitive distortion scale score was very low meaning he wasn't trying to justify any abuse and con me and hoodwink the lawyers or anybody else because he didn't do anything wrong. Yeah. And, and, and beyond the beware the swear, the kids were spitting at their father during these visitations, throwing things at him, poking him in the chest, um, asking him to die and just go away. I mean, I usually see this, uh, Rob, when I do see this, which is rarely, with, with teeny boppers, with right. 14, 15, and 6-year-olds. These kids were 6 and 8. Oh, God. Now they're 7 and 9. Uh, you don't see severe alienation, usually until the kids reach uh, the high school years. Mm-hmm. Listen, Dean, you and I have to take our first commercial break. Uh, this is, uh, you know, this is beyond the scale of belief. And once again, you know, this seems to be, well, the fact that, the courts look at the situation by the letter of the law, and it's and, and you know it's been my experience as well that sometimes the way the case seems is not the way the case is, and at times you actually have to wonder if the you and I will be back on the other side of this commercial break as the Exxon continues with yours truly, Rob McConnell, and my guest this hour is Dean Tong. We'll be back on the other side of this break. Don't go away. Next to me, 
making love to his tonic and gin. Welcome back, everyone. Dean Tong is my special guest, and if you'd like to find out more about Dean, if you'd like to visit his website, is it is abuse-excuse.com. That's abuse-excuse.com. Uh, Dean, uh, during the uh, brief commercial break that we had, you and I uh, were discussing a part of this case where it actually took, what, seven months for the court to come up or, or to, to acknowledge some, uh, some of the proceedings? Yeah, that's correct, Rob. I testified in this case at the trial by Zoom in May mm-hmm. of 2020, nine months ago, and the court uh, did not adjudicate the findings of fact, conclusions of law on all the abuse issues or, or parenting time or custody until December, uh, just a couple of months ago. So the court took over six months in coming to its judgment. Is this normal in such a case? Negative. And, and clearly, as we spoke, you know, justice delayed is not only justice um, denied for the father who's been falsely accused uh, of abuse, but also those kids who were basically non-abused children being treated as truly molested victims. They had a therapist in Idaho who clearly was culpable of what we call confirmatory bias in psychology, a preconceived notion that John did this just based on the children's statements. And, you know, um, the problem is, uh, Rob, the children's statements have to be made spontaneously mm-hmm. and contain reliability and trustworthiness in order for a judge or a jury, this case would never see a jury because John was never arrested, to be deemed credible. Uh, but on the other side of being spontaneous, reliable, and trustworthy, Rob, kids can be tainted, contaminated, and adulterated. They can be coached. They can be alienated. They're very suggestible. They're very impressionable. They could talk about Santa Claus, a tooth fairy. They could talk about how Daddy touched my, my yeah. pee-pee. <clears throat> so it happens. Uh, there are a lot of studies on this. Dr. Stephen Cece, C-E-C-I, did all the research on this back in the early to mid-'90s in his book, Jeopardy in the Courtroom. Um, you know, th- th- this is well-researched and founded science. And mo- more, th- more times than not, these cases are not, are not lies. Mm-hmm. But they are source misattribution errors, mistakes. So why, how did the children end up with a grandfather? Well, because the mother uh, unilaterally abducted these kids from North Dakota to Idaho in late 2017, over three years ago, did not tell father she was leaving. Uh, she had already claimed domestic violence. That would not be adjudicated to be false until some nine months later in September 2018, back in the North Dakota court. So she basically uh, ran 12 to 15 hours away from North Dakota to Idaho uh, and started to live with the maternal grandparents, her parents, with the children. Unbelievable. Uh, so so what's, what, what do you think is going to happen in this case? What do you think the final outcome is going to be? Uh, and and will, the ch- well, will the father ever get the children yeah. back? Well, it's been 10 days, uh, Rob, and, uh, you know, <clears throat> already... 
uh, obviously there's a state of Idaho versus the alleged assailants uh, case going on in Idaho. In fact, he has a hearing coming up here on Wednesday within the next 48 hours in Idaho. Right. To stand trial on murder one charges against my client. Uh, but beyond that, the kids, CPS, should already be involved. In your, in your country, it's called Children's Aid Societies, right. uh, CAS. And they should already be involved legally, legally. They should have filed petitions in court to remove these kids from harm's way from an in-jeopardy, at-risk situation. Clearly, uh, the, the grandmother uh, has a psychiatric nurse background, so she might have been the trigger behind the scenes. Uh, you know, and, and, and the, old, the old saying in these cases, uh, Rob, uh, from, the, from the standpoint of, of, of the true believers and validators and child savers, if you will, is kids don't lie. Kids are, kids are not mistaken about sexual assault. They must be believed and protected at all costs. Uh, how, do, how, how do I know this? Right. Well, you can go by the ideology. The ideology is in the, uh, you know, the erroneous statistics that you see. One in three girls, one in four boys are molested mm-hmm. on billboards, uh, public service announcements. You know, it's just not true. You, you, you want to see the real data. That data is at my website on the homepage at abuseexcuse.com, compiled by Dr. David Finkelhor from the Crimes Against, uh, the Crimes Against Children Laboratory from Durham, New Hampshire. Dr. Finkelhor did a 15-year study from from 1992 to 2006, and the incidence of child sexual assault decreased by 50%, but the number of allegations and reports remained constant. So what does that tell you? Hmm. D- Dean, how did you get started in the work that you're doing? Yeah, well, that's, that's pretty much old documented news, uh, Rob. I, I got started because I was accused of molesting my three-year-old oh, 35 years ago back in 1985, and... Uh, of course, I was cleared. Uh, I was arrested, but I was cleared. Uh, but, you know, my case lasted 10 years of litigation. In any court you could wind yourself up in, juvenile court, criminal court, family court, appellate court, administrative court, lawsuit court, because I sued for a couple million bucks and had the uh, state of Florida uh, CPS in court for four years on that situation in federal court. Um, it was a nightmare. You know, and, and when I was going through this, uh, Rob, in the mid-'80s, we didn't have iPods and iPhones and iPads and computers and Internet and uh, Google and Facebook. We didn't have any of that. No. We, we had none of that. All you had was a law library and Westlaw and LexisNexis, and that's it. You know, we didn't even have the scientific studies. Dr. Cece didn't publish his book, Jeopardy in the Courtroom, until 1995, some 10 years later, after my case surfaced. So I was winging this. You know, based on what I had to, to work with. And, and the lawyers, you know, lawyers don't get this stuff in law school. They don't get this stuff in law school. I worked with, I, I, I came to your country. Um, it was uh, 99 or 2000, uh, some 21 years ago. I came to Toronto, and I spoke alongside Walter Fox, who's a criminal defense barrister solicitor there, uh, one of the finest lawyers in your country. Hmm. And he, you know, and we talked about that. And he said, "Yeah, you're right, Dean. You know, we, we don't get we we get a smattering of this stuff in law school. I mean, this is all experience. <clears throat> well, you want experience? I've got over a million hits at my website, which has been on the internet now for almost 25 years, and I've consulted on over 25,000 cases since you know 1990, over 30 years ago. No brag, just fact." 
And out of those 25,000, I've been retained in hundreds, probably closer to 1,000 cases uh, during my career. <clears throat> you know, and, and there just a lot, are not a lot of people that do what I do. Um, and, and doing what I do, sadly, I have to babysit the work of attorneys uh, and do my job, too. You know, and uh, being from Boston, as, as I spoke, you know, we don't like to lose. You know, and, and not only did I lose a hell of a guy in John Mast, uh, and I never met the man, you know, just had several conversations with him over the phone. Of course, mm -hmm. I saw him over a computer screen right. when I testified last May. Um, you know, I, I, I don't like losing clients, I, let alone losing cases. <clears throat> but, yeah, this is, this is surreal on steroids. How did the me? Uh, what effect has the Me Too movement have on everything that we're seeing today? Well, I think it pours gasoline on the fire. How so? Uh, uh, how so? Yeah. Because you get women like that Dr. Christine Blasey Ford, who was on CNN all over the world, telling um, everybody that Supreme Court Justice Brett Kavanaugh mm -hmm. sexually abused her some 30 years ago to try to prevent him from becoming a Supreme Court justice. Of course, Kavanaugh was cleared, and the rest is history. But, yeah, this movement, uh, and, and mind you, there are rapists out there, Harvey Weinstein, Bill Cosby, uh, Jeffrey Epstein, mm -hmm. who's, de who's deceased. Uh, but, I mean, there are a lot more false and unfounded cases than there are real rapists out there. John Mass' case never had any physical findings. It was all he said, she said, they said. Uh, all out-of-court statements made for the truth of the matter asserted, what we call hearsay. Unfortunately for John and a lot of guys who get caught up in this web, <clears throat> um, the hearsay is admissible because it's the exception to the hearsay rule, so the judge lets it in because it's a sexual abuse outcry. So, you know, the, as you know, the, the courts have to rule in children's best interest. Exactly. And, and oftentimes in these courts, family courts, judges, you know, will make a mistake on the, mis on the side of caution. But these judges haven't seen the data and the studies that I've seen, that I've had for some 25 years on my hard drive. And it's all novel news to them, and it's old news to me. And every time I have to testify, it's like giving a CLE seminar to lawyers and judges. Okay, I, I understand that judges have to rule in the best interest of a child. That, that, that is no-brainer. But in the case of, of, uh, of John Mast, was there a background check and a psychological profile done on the father-in-law? No, I already said that, uh, Rob. The, the maternal side of the family mm -hmm. uh, was unscathed, untested, no psychologicals, denied. If, if, if the judge had... Uh, just appointed his own custody expert, Ph.D., mm -hmm. to do a global custody eva uh, evaluation to uh, examine and vet the child abuse allegations, the domestic violence allegations, the rape allegations, but also decide who is best suited for custody, who is the more fit parent. Well, great. Guess what? Because the kids were around the maternal grandparents, those grandparents would have been administered the MMPI, too. But they weren't. All right. And why not? Because the court never had its own expert. So the court failed miserably on several fronts in this case. Not only did it take too long to order, it never had its own expert to start with. Okay, so have, has anything happened because of this case and because of the 
the the res, you know how it ended up with Mr. Mast being uh, gunned down. Has has anything been done, or is anything in the process to make sure that certain policies, procedures, and checkpoints are in place to make sure that this does not happen again? Well, you're talking to that guy, Rob. And, you know, as long as they pay my expenses, I'm on the next jet plane, um, you know, to get up there and testify before a congressional committee mm-hmm. or a judicial body of authority to uh, help invoke those changes in policy. But when it comes to it the... But when it comes, it obviously won't help. It obviously, won't help my client, right, John Mass. But it might help the next John Doe. But in, in the uh, in the United States, is each state responsible for its own uh, custody when it, uh, custody proceedings and when it comes to children, or is it, you know, is that a federal legislation? No, federal courts cannot rule on child custody, Rob. That's a violation of what's called the Rooker-Feldman and Younger Abstention Doctrines. That doesn't happen, can't happen. So yes, the answer is yes to your prior question. Each court, each jurisdiction has its own rules, but that rule really, as you already stated it, is the child's best interest Mm -hmm. decided by prima prima facie preponderance of evidence, 51%. It's a very slippery slope, more evidence than not. So apparently, while, while I testified last May and I helped Mr. Mast, Uh, clear himself of all abuse allegations. I already mentioned all those allegations before. Um, While I helped him do that, and of course his lawyers did also, this this judge, this judge left this uh, in in that gray area. All right, stand by, Dean. He he left this case and these kids in the gray area. All right, Dean, stand by. I've got to take my news break at the bottom of the hour. Exonation, Dean Tong is our guest, www.abuse-excuse.com. We'll be back after this commercial break. Don't go away. Talking with David, who's still in the Navy and probably will be for life. And welcome back, everyone. That's Chilliwack with Arms of Mary. Previous to that, we were playing Billy Joel's Piano Man. This is the Exxon. I am Rob McConnell coming to you from our broadcast center and studios in Crystal Beach, Ontario, Canada. If you'd like to send me an email, exxon at exxonradiotv.com on all social media sites, TV. And if you'd like to find the broadcast schedule for the Exxon Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net. And for the Exxon TV channel on Simul TV, www.simultv.com.
www.ltmradio.com. And don't forget the new Old Time Radio Classics Broadcast Network, www.otrc.ca. Dean Tong is our guest this hour. His website is abuse-excuse.com. Uh, Dean, with the with the pandemic, the lockdowns, kids being you know, not being able to go to school, parents not being able to work, has there been a spike in cases where children are concerned? Well, sure, Rob, and I, I know some some articles were published that uh, you know child abuse may be more prevalent mm-hmm. with the lockdowns because kids could be home with parents who may have mental health breakdowns and could be abusing their kids behind closed doors. I haven't seen any empirical studies to validate that. Right. Uh, and I, I've seen too many excuses by lawyers and judges using COVID as an excuse to backlog uh, cases to go to trial. This is one of those cases. Uh, it took so long to get us an evidentiary hearing, May of 2020, that should have been litigated way before then. The domestic violence allegation was, was adjudicated false in September of 18. Wow. Uh, yeah, 20 months prior to there, too. John Mass started being accused of abusing sexually his kids uh, in late 2017, early 2018. So almost two and a half years to get to a hearing on the sexual abuse assault allegations. When he finally is cleared, it takes the court another six months to arrive at that decision. Well, and the court arrives at that that decision, and some six weeks later, John Mast is left in cold blood, murdered uh, in a grocery store plaza in Lewiston, Idaho. Now, how does that happen? It happens because uh, the attorneys, the judge, did not see this as a 911, um, did not have any expert appointed for the court to see all parties uh, by Zoom um, and to administer psychological testing to the maternal side, the grandmother, the grandfather, and the mother. That never happened. You know, and and to come to, uh, uh, you know, judicious decision-making here uh, expeditiously, it never happened. And, And to also see that when a kid hasn't been abused, that can be just as damning as a kid who's been raped. You know, and I, yeah. I've got all kinds of studies on that. And, I mean, I, I opined all this in court last May. You know, <laughs> and, uh, I mean, what should happen here? Well, legislatively, what should happen here is parental alienation should be made a crime. Yeah, it should be, it should be uh, evolved into a criminal act. You know, and if you're playing mind games with kids, if you're coaching them to make false allegations, Mm -hmm. if you're coaching those kids to believe those false allegations and have significant persecutory ideations, and the kids are as deluded as the mother, as the grandparents are, by God, there ought to be criminal penalties for that. But there aren't, and, and, and part of the reason there aren't is our own DSM, our Diagnostic Statistical Manual, our Mental Health Bible, if you will, doesn't even recognize parental alienation in it. So, look, um, kids can be weaponized. Kids can be used as, as pawns, weapons, and tools as ammunition in a custody battle to falsely accuse a parent of incest, 
for the purpose of gaining custody. Happens all the time. It's in my book, Elusive Innocence, Rob. I've published three over the last 30 years. This is not new news. And by God, these judges have got to do a better job. They're playing with people's lives. And, and while they're making life-altering decisions, they're taking too long to do so. And then when they do so, they're not arriving at competent decisions sometimes. Yeah, the fact that it took nearly over uh, or about 20 months for this case to be heard between uh, 2018 and 2020, uh, 2021, why are there not more judges on the bench that can take care of these cases to have them dealt with as swiftly as possible to assure the best care of the children are in fact being met with? You know, I think that decision, Rob, is up to the chief judge and the governor who uh, is either appointing judges or uh, at least contributing to judges being elected, uh, you know, and, and federal judges, of course, are appointed. Uh, state judges are elected uh, for, the most, for the most part across America. And, and you know, I, I think it also includes education and training. These judges have to, like social workers, child protection workers, have to go back and get, you know, better education and training. I mean, my books may be politically incorrect, but by God, they're based on truth and facts and science. Why do you say they're politically, they may be politically incorrect? Well, because this is the taboo. This is the unpopular side of this divisive coin, Rob. No one likes to talk about, the media doesn't like to talk about uh, the man who's falsely accused. They don't like to talk about the child or woman who's been sexually assaulted and raped. <clears throat> because, you know, look, behind, behind this... This system, uh, Rob, this child protection system that is charged by the legislature to do what it's doing, to protect kids at risk, this is a money engine. This is an industry. Uh, the, the amount of money, I mean, if you look at uh, Dr. Ralph Underwager, uh, wrote the forward to my first book, Don't Blame Me, Daddy, published, uh, well, next year it'll be 30 years, published in 92. And in that forward he wrote, if you took the... If you took the profit away from the problem in child protection, the solution would go a long way towards correcting itself. Wow. Yeah. You know, and Florida boasts a $4 billion budget per year on child protection alone. Florida, my state of Florida. So it's a huge money-making uh, industry when you talk about judges and lawyers and guardians ad litem and and, and psychologists and, and child protection workers, child forensic interviewers and therapists, um, and, and, and outside independent contracted agencies, which also help uh, child protective services. I know mm -hmm. we have a bunch of them here in Florida, in my state. Um, clearly, clearly there's enough help there. There's enough professionals there to see both sides of this coin. So where did where, I told, I'm sorry. I, I told the judge, I said, Judge, I, I don't have any proof that the mother maliciously coached these kids mm -hmm. uh, to falsely accuse the father of incest. But I, th there is evidence. There is evidence, there is anecdotal evidence, and the empirical evidence supports the anecdotal evidence, that there were triggers. There were triggers involved in this case, such as the grandfather said under oath at his deposition that the mother was raped as a child by Mennonites and Amish in Wisconsin. Well, John Mass was Amish. Doesn't mean he molested his wife during the marriage or his kids uh, during the same marriage. So, so tell me, tell me, you know, 
when it, when it comes to this entire scenario where children's lives are at stake, as well as the 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 parents' reputation, false accusations, false charges, why is it then that changes are not being made to protect all the parties? And where has the system failed? Where's the crack in in the in the sidewalk in this case? Well, you know, uh, the cracks, Rob, lie in lack of education and training, lack lack of expeditious litigation, um, and the court uh, reaching out to outside experts in its jurisdiction to help itself. This court reached out to nobody. This court didn't appoint a guardian ad litem attorney on behalf of the kids, did not appoint a child custody evaluator, did not appoint a child sex abuse evaluator, did not appoint a parenting coordinator on the gravity of the alienation that was going on. Alienation, alienation in this case, I had never seen in my 25-year career like I saw in this case. I never saw kids revile their father as much as I saw in this case. And I communicated all this to the attorneys. Right. Um, the grandfather said under oath at his deposition, if nobody can see that this man my son-in-law, X, molested these kids, my grandchildren. They're idiots. So right there, that, that deposition was taken last January, 13 months ago, some 13 months before he would kill the father of these kids. It was right there. The red flag was right there under oath at deposition. So apparently the judge was an idiot when he exonerated John Mast in December. Now, he didn't go after the judge, Rob. He went after the children's father. And when he walked up to John Mast at that grocery store 10 days ago today, he said two words, hi, John, and he pulled the trigger three or four times. Wow. And, and, you know, look, Rob, when I get a case, not only is it high conflict and Emotions can supersede logic, and mm-hmm. oftentimes, unfortunately, do so. Uh, these cases obviously are volatile, uh, emotionally charged. But you have to know in your heart of hearts that there might be some psychopathology issues when a guy is saying something like that under oath uh, in a house, in some little fortress, if you will, in Idaho, who, who, who carries weapons, clearly. He could be dangerous. I don't think anybody ever did an NCIC check on the guy until he probably got arrested uh, well, 10 days ago. Yeah, this is what I mean. Why aren't these checks done before the children are given to these new guardians? Like, it's common sense. I, I know they do that here. Right. And, and, and granted, Rob, I, I don't think, I think most judges will tell you that, you know, Tong's case was the exception to the rule. Um, this, this usually doesn't happen. So why, you know, we don't want to expend the resources to have to do those checks. Well, what's it? What, to, uh, what does it take people to do so? What's it take to do a CPEC check or NCIC check? It just takes a name, date of birth, and about fifteen seconds. Right. You know, and and uh, what's you know, isn't isn't a child's life worth that? Isn't a guardian's life worth that? Isn't a parent's life worth that? It doesn't make sense to me. And everybody cringes, uh, Rob, and, and is sad and sullen and despondent after the fact. But while the case is going on, 
the system thinks it's doing the right thing by separating the kids from the alleged abuser, even though, even though that alleged abuser proved by a preponderance of evidence those allegations were untrue. Un- this case is totally unreal. And, and the fact that it took so long from 2018 to 2021 to get in front of the judge on the case to find out that there was no NCIC check done on the, on the, on the, uh, the, the guardians who were going to receive and take care of the children, it's, it just makes no sense. I think that there was a big flaw in the system. And I'm, I just thank God that you're there, Dean, trying to make sure that children and guardians are protected in the future. And, you know, if this gentleman uh, somehow beat this rap and was on the outside, mm-hmm. Rob, uh, I, I probably would be the next targeted victim. All right, because Dean. Because obviously st- I, I, I was largely responsible for helping to uh, clear this man. Well, listen, buddy, we've so, got to take our final break, so please stand by. Exo Nation, Dean Tong is our special guest. What a guy. Visit his website, www. You've got, you ready for this? www.abuse-excuse.com Unbelievable. We'll be back. Don't go away. Welcome back, everyone. Dean Tong is our very special guest for this hour, www.abuse-excuse.com. First of all, Dean, I want to thank you so much for all that you're doing. And, uh, you know, God bless you for for the great work that you're doing. And uh, I I just hope that more members of the legal community that deal with children will take the time and, and seek out the experience that you have to make the system a better system, protecting all parties. Thank you, Rob. I appreciate that. Um, is it a fallacy that when it comes to uh, the separation of a family that women get the, are inclined to get custody of the children instead of the father? Yeah, I think it's pretty much the rule, um, Rob. I mean, it's a little better than it was when I was going through this uh, 35 years ago in the mid-'80s, I think. Mm-hmm. Women are still getting custody, uh, 80% or higher uh, in cases. Now, um, you know, the National, uh, National Juvenile Court judges' legis- uh, body may tell you differently. They may, they may say in, in protracted uh, litigious cases uh, like Dean Tong's, fathers uh, score much better. Well, I happen to have a, a fairly good track record. Uh, not all my clients are men and fathers. I, I get women that hire me who have been falsely accused of coaching, false accused of Munchausen syndrome by proxy, failure to thrive, failure to protect. My, my practice is not gender-biased or based. 
but I think, yeah, I, th- I think it's still uh, uh, judges, you know, are obviously born from their mothers, male judges, um, and uh, will err on the side of the female uh, and children. Uh, unfortunately, uh, I, I'm not a real big proponent of shared parenting. I'm a proponent of uh, presumptive joint custody right down the 50-yard line. Sure. Presumptive joint physical legal custody. Uh, unless one parent is unfit or abusive or neglectful or a convict uh, or living with a convict, those kids are not going to be at risk. The custody should be split down the middle because the science backs up my opinion that the best parent is both parents. And, and we, we, you know, it bears out in real life. Now these kids, John Mass kids, don't have a father. Now, will they have a, uh, you know, a, a pseudo-father growing up? Uh, I imagine they're only nine and seven, so they're only not even halfway or halfway to emancipation uh, and adulthood. But, uh, you know, it, it, it's beyond sad. Uh, the system needs to uh, take heed from this case. Uh, you know, and, and I'm hoping this judge, who uh, I'm not going to mention on the air his name, uh, goes on the hot seat uh, before the chief judge uh, in, in that jurisdiction of this case um, and, and, you know, gets a, gets a good talking to by the chief judge and, if necessary, the North Dakota Supreme Court. Uh, this just cannot happen, and, and it was preventable, and, but it wasn't prevented. So where are the children now, Dean? I don't know, Rob. To, I mean, to my knowledge, unless there's some 911 breaking news, mm-hmm. to my knowledge, they're still with the maternal family, the mother and the grandmother. Is there any chance so, that the mother could actually get custody of the children again? I don't know how. I, I, I mean, from what I heard, the uh, her father, the uh, alleged assailant, used her gun. It was her gun registered in her name. So, I mean... Don't even know if she's been arrested. Don't know why she wouldn't be for accessory uh, conspiracy to commit murder, uh, accessory before the fact. Uh, you know, <clears throat> I don't know what law enforcement is doing uh, in Idaho. They haven't called me, um, you know, and uh, the kids uh, should be clearly removed to the paternal side of this family immediately. Holy cow! Um, so, are you still working on this case? Will you be? Will you have any? Well, I've, active I've, part- I've offered my I've offered my continuing services pro bono at this point, uh, Rob, to the paternal family um, if they need my help. But no one has reached out to me, and I understand they're still in the grieving process. They're still in yeah. the shock process. This just happened ten days ago. They just buried John uh, forty-eight hours ago. Dean, in your opinion, what are the two most important pieces of evidence or data? Well, in a case like this, uh, John, which uh, I'm sorry, Rob, which I, uh, John, on my mind, uh, which I poured over because I'm nationally certified to do so, uh, the forensic interviews of the children on DVD. Those DVDs are the nuts and bolts of a case like this because they're supposed to simulate the children's outcry to the mother. In this case, uh, they were originally interviewed by a detective in Idaho, and I went over those uh, uh, interviews. And they were more contaminated than not, and I often find this to be the case. Um, You know, leading questions, suggestive questions, uh, 
closed-ended direct questions, repeated questions. They're not asking the kids, can you tell me what happened? Can you tell me about that? Can you tell me more about that? Their questions are more like, did your daddy touch your pee-pee? So they're putting words and thoughts and ideas into the minds of the kids, which is the very definition and essence of child suggestibility. That's what you don't want to do. Is there any is there any such thing as a clean break between parents where, you know, the parents decide that, listen, breaking up is the best, the best thing for the family. We're not going to argue. We're not going to do anything that would show animosity to the children, you know. We'll both work it out, and, you know, fine, I'm the dad, I'll pay so much money into child support and so on and so forth. Or is, is that the rare occasion where these kind of cases happen? Well, I mean, in most states, I know my state included, Rob, um, mediation is required before litigation. Uh, at least it's attempted to be required before litigation. You have to, uh, you have to go to mediation and attempt to resolve your differences out of, out of court right. without, without contentious litigation. Uh, now, when someone says it's my way or the highway and marital assets and child support and alimony and parenting time and custody of the kids become at issue, right? Uh, if, if those issues cannot be resolved at mediation, conciliation, arbitration, uh, where the parties can wave the white flag, uh, quid pro quo, then I guess it's, it's going to be Mike Tyson time uh, in a court of law. Uh, but, but Mike Tyson time doesn't mean, uh, is not an invitation to, to get this wrong. It's not an invitation to, to put this off mm-hmm. for years to come to a resolution. Do parents understand when they're going through this process how it affects the child, that it affects the child in, his, in their school, it affects their psychological uh, daily life? It has a lasting impact on them. Do, you know, yes. and, and, media- and that impact, and that impact, Rob has a has a fairly uh, novel term to it. Uh, at least over the last twenty two or three years, it's called ACEs or adverse childhood experiences. And once a kid scores an ACE score of four or higher, that is clearly clinically significant. And I'm talking about depression, anxiety, mm-hmm. uh, whether you've been raped or falsely uh, a victim of false rape, uh, as in this case, false accusations. Um, you know, uh, your, your different sources of trauma that you have incurred. Uh, once you hit that score of four, uh, this can, you know, psychosomatic issues like stomach aches and headaches and nausea and vomiting, anxiety, depression can exacerbate to, uh, you know, severe uh, major, major, uh, major depression um, and, and also uh, suicidal ideations and self-mutilation and, and certainly uh, suicide or homicide cannot be ruled out. Uh, and you've you got to wonder where these two little kids are going to w- wind up, exactly. um, you know, 10, 20, 30 years from now. Thinking He's... about uh, what happened to their father on February 5th, 2021. Is, is there any data to, to show whether or not children who are, who are, who come from a, um, a family that has been split up where there's been a lot of turmoil within the breakup as well as accusations and, and violence. Is there any data to support that this would lead to the use of alcohol and or drugs in the child's life? Well, sure. 
um, yeah, I mean, I haven't seen a lot of those studies, you know, the, the substance abuse, but I mean, it goes along for the, with the territory, mm-hmm. um, you know, that uh, kids can go down that road, uh, even prostitution. So, uh, you know, and, and look, there was a history to this case. Like I said earlier, the, uh, the grandfather said, you know, um, his daughter was uh, raped as a child by Amish and Mennonites. Right. So, so there was a belief system already going on in that household, and and all of a sudden these kids are are, are disclosing alleged sexual assault. And, and and let me tell you, Rob, a man's brain is psychophysiologically hardwired. You know, you 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 engage in consensual relations and intimate relations with an adult woman your entire life. You don't all of a sudden. This guy was 40, John Mass. You don't all of a sudden in your late 30s decide you're going to molest prepubescent children. It doesn't work that way. No. The brain does not work that way. So, you know, nobody was looking at the science here. You know, and, and, and not only were there psych, psych evals readily available to administer to, to the maternal side that never were, there were neuroimaging tests. Well, heck, yeah, the judge could have ordered a spec scan. If you go to the website, brainplace.com, uh, S-P-E-C-T, that expert is here in my state of Florida, Dr. Daniel uh, Amen. Uh, PET scan, MRI, uh, CAT scan of, of her brain, and sure, they're expensive. But our, our most precious resource are our kids, right? Exactly. So if, you have to, uh, if you have to incur those expenses, you do it for the for the children. I mean, by God, if you're going to rule in the best interest of children, then you've got to go through every possible test you can go through to get to your answer. Here's maybe, a, maybe, the, maybe the problem was not Mr. Tong's client, mm-hmm. but it was the accusing side. We never really, really looked at that side, did we? With all the, but, but who, who, who committed the murder in this case? It was the accusing side not the receiving end side of sex abuse allegations. Dean, uh, Dean is, there any, is there any any data to support that when the school shootings were happening, Columbine, for example, were these children the product of split homes, messy divorces? Yeah, I think some were, uh, Rob. I, I don't have a um, dissection of yeah. uh, every child, um, you know, who was involved in, uh, in, in that ordeal, um, uh, or the uh, Newtown ordeal in yep. Connecticut. Um, you know, obviously there have been several uh, this millennium. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, we all know that uh, children of divorce are not going to do as well, anecdotally speaking, and, and somewhat empirically speaking, uh, as, as, as children from uh, cohesive families. Hey Dean, I hate uh, to do children it. who are allowed to spend time with both parents equally. Dean, I hate to do this, but and, we've and, run and out I'm of time. And I'm against the shared parenting because, for all intents and purposes, yeah. shared parenting is either Disneyland dad or Disneyland mom visitation rights. Hey Dean, I hate to do this, but we've run out of time for tonight. I want to thank you so much for joining us. Continued success. I love what you do, and um, man, I certainly am glad that you're out there for the kids. All right, Exonation, if you'd like to get more information on our guest this hour, Dean Tong, his website is www. You ready? Abuse-accuse.com. 
www.abuse.com. That's www.abuse-excuse. I'm sorry, .com. And we'll be back on the other side of this break with the news at the top of the hour as the Exxon continues with yours truly from our broadcast center and studios in Crystal Beach, Ontario, Canada. Once again, the website for Dean Tong is www.abuse-excuse.com. I'm Rob McConnell. This is the Exxon. Don't go away. <music> 